Well, ladies and gentlemen, we regret to inform you that we suck once again. Welcome to another episode of You'll Never Talk Alone. Um, we have, here's maybe some good news for what is a, uh, a dark weekend in the life of Liverpool. We've got the original trio tonight here on the podcast. I'm your friend, Joseph Craven. Hey. See, I thought, I thought what you were doing there, Joseph. I, when you said we, I, I did not make the connection immediately that you were referencing Liverpool Football Club. I thought you were talking about our podcast and referencing the fact that I am back on it this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got bad news, everyone. It's Zach's on this episode. Yeah. Go ahead. Stop listening right now. Go to your favorite podcast uh, app or wherever you download. Give us a no-star review. <laughs> I get it now. I get Smash that unsubscribe button. No, but for real, I'm your friend Joseph Craven. Zach Osborne and Alex Level are both here. The original triumvirate of YNTA. Gentlemen, I wish we met under better times and circumstances, but it is good to see both your beautiful faces on this video call in which we're recording. Alex, how are you? Um, you know, doing pretty good. And Zach, how is uh, Super Tuesday shaping up for you as our resident political correspondent? Oh, oh, really? Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see. As our the, resident, the, as our resident guy that actually pays attention to politics. The night, the night is young. The night is young. The night is young and neither are you. All right. Well, yeah. here we are uh, recording on a Monday evening after a saddening couple of you just results. addressed that it's super tuesday and then <laughs> oh, declared yeah. it to be a monday evening i just evening. say, I just say <laughs> monday evening <laughs> oh this man is why we added more people this is it god all right hold on okay so here we are on a tuesday evening i have no idea why i said monday <laughs> after two straight disappointing results Went for a while without any losses going on. And then in the past couple of weeks, we've gotten three losses in our last four matches. And really the only victory in those four matches was uh, kind of lucky, you know, in a lot of ways. Uh, so, Alex, you've said it several times that maybe we shouldn't have talked so much on the podcast about how we don't have much to talk about. Yeah. And that we wished it upon ourselves, <laughs> which, you know, yeah, this is our fault. It is. And if that is the case, then we want to go ahead and apologize and take responsibility to the entire Liverpool fan base. Um, but in the last several matches, there have been um, a handful of, I, I don't know, uh, lineup changes. There's been a handful of injuries to deal with. There's been a handful of different uh, people we felt we could blame. Um, you know, in particular, like against Watford, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But then also the matches in which specific players aren't involved at all, we're still not doing super well. Alex, what's going on with this team right now? Um, I, there, there's quite a few things, and I know we'll get to more in-depth discussions about these mm -hmm. points later, but it, it kind of looks like after the winter break that we have kind of, let up a little bit on what had been keeping us going. We got a little bit less hungry. We just look, we look like a team that is coming back 
off of summer break. We look just sloppy. We look like we're not used to playing together. We look like we're not used to playing at all. And it kind of seems like that the extended break between the Shrewsbury match. Oops. Sorry, I said a pronunciation of the town. Please beep that out in uh, post-production. <laughs> but uh, And then the Norwich match. That It was the time when we went away and the players kind of looked up. They picked their heads up for the first time in a very long time and looked up and saw that no one was really around them because they're doing so well. And it just kind of let that hunger and that desire slip a little bit. And you, you, you kind of see that in how no one is really taking responsibility on the pitch anymore. They're just kind of, it almost seems like we're going through the motions and there were it. A lot of times it's, it's playing like some of those matches from a few seasons ago where we just kind of whip in crosses. Cause we knew that's, that's what we're trying to do. And that's what we're building up to no matter what. And we're just, doubling down or tripling down on that. And that had been working before because we had, we were sharper and we had people in there creating space from, for the fullbacks and, or we had the ability to bring on a wild card with a substitute and with injuries, we don't have that right now. And it just, but overall we just don't look like we are as intense about what we're doing as we were before the break. And, it's we're, it's costing us. I mean, we've talked about how the league has not been as strong, but we're not playing well. And if you don't play well, then you're going to lose no matter what. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter what league you're in. You play the way yeah. that we've played over the past few weeks. It's not going to end well. Um, Zach, there's been, I'm looking back over it. You go back to the Atletico, uh, the first leg there. Obviously, only one goal scored against Liverpool, but since then, it's been multiple goals in three straight matches, two to West Ham, three to Watford, and then two to Chelsea today in the FA Cup um, today as of the uh, the day of recording, which, as we all know, well-documented, is a Wednesday. Um, yeah. So, obviously, I mean, what, what Alex is saying, there's a lot of different factors going into it. I mean, Zach, what are your thoughts on what seems to be going wrong with this team right now? The defense not looking the way that it's looking. Uh, Alex put it, I think, pretty well in the, you know, uh, people not necessarily taking um, responsibility for, like, rising to the occasion. Maybe the lack of Jordan Henderson, the captain on the pitch, has something to play in it. I don't know. Zach, what are your thoughts as to what's going on with this recent slump in the past few weeks? Yeah, so um, I've definitely noticed a drop in the intensity. We've talked about the the sloppiness, the, the disjointed play, the lack of creativity, and just sort of trying to force the same thing over and over again, even when it's not working. Um, I think today, the FA Cup match, it's a little bit tough to um, use it as an example to point out like the current poor form just because the team was was changed, uh, shifted around a, a bit, and especially with Adrian coming on and committing uh, a pretty bad error uh, given you know immediately after a really impressive save, but still a howler nonetheless. Um, I think to talking about today's match probably won't do us a ton of good in like uh, analyzing what's gone wrong recently. 
um, it won't be a surprise to anyone um, on this podcast that I think one of the biggest contributing factors to the Watford loss was the inclusion of Dejan Lovren. Um, and, you know, we've debated in our group text and joked about overreacting to maybe the role that Lovren played um, in that result. But I do think um, he bears some of the responsibility. And, and I think I'm going to allow Alex to maybe build on this point because he is uh, much better at explaining things from a tactical perspective. He's our resident tactician after all. But uh, I do feel like just from where I'm sitting, um, whenever Lovren is included, it from from my view, it, it unsettles the team, especially at the back. Um, it makes things harder for our fullbacks as they are continuing to bomb forward as they do, and yet they feel as though they're not covered nearly as much um, at the back. Um, Van Dyke is having to do more. Uh, and everything just seems a little bit more um, nervy whenever Lovren is given these assignments. Um, so anyway, it, it, Lovren is not the the sum total of what's gone wrong, but obviously the Watford match, the loss, first loss of the Premier League season is still quite fresh in my mind, and um, pointing out Lovren as a, a flaw in the team uh, feels right in this moment. Yeah, absolutely. And it's totally fair to do so. Alex, why don't you go ahead and uh, rise to Zach's challenge of explaining why it is that things go poorly when that man is put into the lineup. Uh, he's kind of our Phil Jones. He just is there for the laws of his teammates and not really there for his quality. It seems like he just puts us under so much unnecessary pressure and for a unit to be cohesive, they need to know what every member of that unit is doing. And when he's in there, that is definitely not the case. Three of his teammates that are back there in the back line with him usually have no clue what he's about to do. Um, and when a lot of our defending almost is predicated on calculated risks and 1v1 battles and when our fullbacks are high, it requires our two center backs to be very fast and very good. And he is like half of one of those things and not the other of those things. And that really affects us negatively. I mean, you can, he, he seems so concerned and even and Troy Deeney himself even said this after the match that he seems so concerned with trying to like bully and get into a physical confrontation with Dini that he just wasn't even paying attention to anything else. And you kind of see it on the first goal where he, he, he seems so concerned with bodying up Dini from the back and, and not the ball that he almost just looks like he's standing still. Um, and it's not all his fault, the first goal, but he played a, a big part in it. Um, I mean, he just made a bunch of individual errors. There was one sequence where he, tried a slide tackle, got megged, got up, won the tackle, lost the ball, uh, and then fouled someone all within a span of like four seconds, which is pretty <laughs> impressive if we're being honest. Uh, but it, it just kind of sums him up, um, that whole match. And, I mean, you look at the second goal, I think it was, and you look at his positioning relative to Virgil, and he's just kind of 
he stepped way up because he's paying way more attention to Deeney than he is to his marshalling center back. And that led to the weird, huge space between them that Saar could just run right through. And then, I mean, the, the third goal, yes, it was really dumb by Trent, but Lovren went for the challenge and missed it completely. And you, you could just see that a lot of the decisions that were being made by the other defenders and even Fabinho to some extent, who has also not been playing very well since he's come back from injury, well, it has to be said, they just, it seems like Lovren was in their head so much that they were thinking about, well, how do I mitigate this? How do I get around this? How do I act in a way that makes it okay for that center back to be back there? And it just led to a lot of weird decisions. So I think <laughs> I mean, we've said it like a thousand times, but it see he's not up to the standard that we are now, especially. And it's going to continue to hurt us a little bit when we see him. I mean, there's all the stuff disrupts the unity and leads to a lot of goals that we don't need to concede. But I just think it's just going to be better for everyone uh, if he moves on at the end of this season, just because we're, we've seen this same thing. Over. It's just kind of tiring to have to draw this up. And again, like Zach said, it wasn't just his fault, but he definitely played his part. There was a kind of a theme of losing one player and adding another player uh, they might not have been the same position, but one had much, uh, might have even have had more of an impact than the other. And that's saying something considering the player that was out was Henderson. Yeah. I, Zach mentioned uh, the fact that we you know, we're kind of making comments in group texting about, you know, overreacting, all that sort of thing. Um, or w- whatever, you know, I, I think that's the term that you use. Uh, yeah. I, you know, on record, the kindest thing that I've said about Dejan Lovren in recent years was when we did our keep or sell last year. And I said, he we should stick around because the locker room likes him, but he should never see the pitch. Um, <laughs> and obviously should not have. That being said, I still, and this is not a defense of the man, but this is definitely, I don't think I'm going to, def- I'm not going to defend him. I'm going to question why in the world the rest of our team is doing so poorly right now, though, because yeah. I don't think it's Dejan Lovren's fault that we offensively looked like butt against yeah. both West Ham and, you know, today against Chelsea, um, especially against Watford, where we just never had any sort of threat. You know, there's a lot of concerning stuff going on here. Um, and I think that's really that's really my approach to it from a um, uh, whether or not we're overreacting to Dejan Lovren uh sort of thing i don't think we're overreacting to him and his impact on that game at all but i do think that we're probably underreacting to criticizing the players that we really like in Mohamed salad sadio mane roberto firmino i mean divac Origi has been useless yeah. in recent matches that's that's well. honestly super insightful and correct so good job <laughs> all right well thank you guys for listening that's it. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna end on that note. um but you know what i mean like that's uh that <laughs> i almost said i don't want to make it sound like i'm defending him um, <laughs> which is harsher than i'm defending him he's ever done oh oh turn. but all that being said there's a lot that 
there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot that's going on in the squad going back to, I mean, you have to go back to, uh, to the four nil against Southampton. Um, when was that? What, what day was that on? I'm trying to find that was you're, you're the master of pulling up ESPN FC. I know. I've got recording. it. And ESPN <laughs> FC does not have the date. It just doesn't have it. It has the score. It has all the stats. It doesn't have the date listed anywhere on here. There it is. Yeah. February 1st. Thank you, Alex. So you go back the month of February um, as a whole, once you get past uh, all of that, um, that we did against Southampton, the month of February, not good from an offensive standpoint. Um, yes, we got three goals against West Ham, but you know, kind of what I said, it kind of felt like we got lucky with a lot of that. Yeah. Um, Alex, you and I talked briefly about it in our last episode, but you know, Flappy Hansky was really to thank for <laughs> so much of that. Shout out again to friend of the program, Lee Farr, um, for that uh, great nickname. But you know, like we've had a lot of issues all over the pitch. A lot of that, we do miss the presence of the captain, Jordan Henderson. You know, uh, I don't think that could be stated enough, but um, with what all is going on, not just from the defensive errors, because we did have Joe Gomez back against Chelsea and the defense was still, you know, obviously we had a Adrian, (laughs) not Allison. And that, that makes a difference, but you know, we've, we've shuffled rotations a bit. Things have gone wrong. We've had some injuries to deal with. Things have gone wrong. Uh, Zach, how are you feeling about just the overall like form in general? Maybe not just the the Watford and the obvious Lovren effect, um, but also, you know, Chelsea and the fact that we played more starters than we normally do. Alex, I think you joked that uh, if, if we really wanted out of the FA Cup that badly, we should have been playing more starters to begin with, apparently. Um, but, you know, we've had the past month, We've looked disjointed. Again, do you think some of that goes down to winter break? I don't know. Uh, Zach, how are you feeling about it? We've talked enough, I think, about the winter break impact, all that. But, Zach, how are you feeling about things right now? I'm a little concerned um, only because, like, I remember what last year felt like when we hit our pretty big slump around the Christmas New Year window, and it really impacted the course of our season. I think – Uh, It's obviously less concerning than that just because we've reached the point where the Premier League title feels quite inevitable and it would take an epic screw-up of just unimaginable proportions for us to not wrap up the title. Um, I I think the maybe the bigger concern is maybe how this plays out for us with uh, the Champions League and our progression through that competition. it's definitely I, – I feel still extremely confident about uh, the league title, but it still comes – this slump comes at a time when it's still generating quite a bit of anxiety just because um, we we want to wrap this up. We want to go ahead and, and get the league um, out of the way so that we can focus on our other goals for the season. And now it, if we continue this poor run of form, it feels like uh, the journey of the, the last quarter of the season gets a little bit more muddled and we're not able to focus on the things we need to focus on. 
um, in a way, I, I'm almost happy that we we took a loss so we don't get into the last couple of months still with this like question about invincibility. We can now sort of properly focus on what we need to focus on. It would just be nice to go ahead and wrap up the league while still in the Champions League. It, you see what I'm getting at. Uh, but but the the poor form, if we can't, overcome it then the whole storyline of the season gets a little bit more complex at this stage yeah I mean any coach is going to tell you that you know the old adage of you learn more from losing than you do from winning um so we're in a ripe situation here to go okay look we got complacent and now we need to to fix things here but what's it going to take you know Alex we've got um Bournemouth coming up uh, on Saturday, March 7th, uh, my birthday. So they better give us a victory. Um, hey. hey. So we've got hey. that coming up, an opportunity to try to like right the ship a little bit um, against a uh, another relegation area team. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully you think we get things uh, a little bit more um, where they need to be. And then we get, out of that, heading into the second leg against Atletico and a chance to rebound there. Alex, what is it going to take, you think, to to right the ship, to get things going back to kind of where we were? Is it just a matter of uh, health, a matter of fatigue, wellness? I don't know. What do you think? What's it going to take? Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that the team behind the scenes is having a bit of a uh, some not necessarily crisis talks because that's way out of proportion, but they're certainly having a meeting to try to figure out kind of what's going wrong. Why is this happening now? What can we do to fix it? Because there's, there's just been some, some good illustrations of the things that we were doing before that we're not doing anymore. And that, that is especially in these bad results or even the wins that we just don't look very good. And it's like we mentioned before, it's not just one thing. And a lot of people, are putting it down to one thing that, Oh, that is Henderson's out. Oh, it was Lovren. And, and it's a, that's, it's, it's a combination. I mean, that's of human nature. This. Like, you know, like we, yeah. we want to have one easy solution to everything. We don't ever want to want it to be multiple, <laughs> multiple yeah. reasons, multiple things going on. We want it to be like, no, 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 this one person being out or this one person being in, in Lovren's case, that's it. You know, it's easier. We want to, we want to be able to rationalize it. Yeah. And it's almost insulting to this team to think that our uh, run of form can be explained by this one thing, our incredible winning streak and the results that we've put together in this lead that we've built is only down to one thing. And when you remove that one thing, everything goes to crap. I refuse to believe that. And don't you dare talk about my team like that, <laughs> but we, we just need to really just kind of sort it out and get back to where we were before we had the long rest. And I mean, this team once again proves that they do not do well when they get extended breaks because I mean, we've talked about after international breaks, it's really bad to come back and watch us play. We just don't do well being apart. Our team is very attached. Our team is used to their their routine, and we need to get back into that rhythm. Uh, we also maybe need some more sessions for these people coming back from injuries. Uh, I'm, I'm no physical expert. I doubt that will happen, but they just don't look sharp. Uh, I mean, we mentioned Fabinho uh, we'd mentioned Nabby, who took a lot of the a lot of criticism for his West Ham performance. Uh, look at Matip. We haven't even seen him 
Mm-hmm. And it's a bit sad that we didn't see him against Watford, but he didn't feature in these last two games. So there's a lot of people recovering and returning that just need to get their sharpness back up. And I know we've touched on it in the text group as well, that when we have such an established lineup that it can be hard for the 13th, 14th, 12th person off the bench. I don't know why I counted it like that uh, to come in. <laughs> it, was and, uh, it was it was an odd order to go in. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, to come in and play with the, the like at match tempo and play in match rhythm, and we've kind of been seeing that when we've rotated. Uh, the, it could it when we played the earlier a bunch of children, they had been playing U twenty three games together. They knew each other's playing styles, knew each other's playing patterns. But when we're kind of throwing in random subs every now and then, like we saw against Chelsea, they didn't look sharp. They didn't look up to pace, and some of it is settling into the new league, like with Minamino. But we we need to just get back on track. Uh, and kind of adjust what we're doing a little bit um, in terms of sh- sharpness and focus. Because we, we just look like we've bought into our own hype a little bit, and that's a, a very kind of American pro- uh, problem to attribute this to. But you FSG can see that the level out. has dropped. <laughs> the level has dropped, and that when, for a team of mentality monsters, you want to come in and see them be mentally strong and look like they know they can come back into a match without – running the same play over and over again. So I, I we just need to focus, really, and remember who we are, remember how we got to this point. Focus is a great term to use um, because that, that's exactly what you were saying was exactly, I don't know, it resonated with me a little bit because I do wonder now, and, and Zach, you kind of hinted at this as well. So, um, But I do wonder if ha- not having the, like some people will look at this weekend and go, oh my gosh, Liverpool over the course of a few days lost the chance to be invincible and lost the chance to win a treble. You know, they'll look at that and go, wow, what a like freaking disaster of a weekend this was. When we look at the bigger perspective, we have to remember, of course, that our priority this season was win the league. And that was it. Like that was the priority. And it's still very much in sight, very much right there in front of us. Um, all the other stuff would have been very nice, you know, all that, but we're not in a position of having won multiple league titles. So like, Oh, what's the next step? I don't know. Let's go and try to be invincible or let's try to go and, and win the trouble. You know, like that's not what our mindset was at the beginning of the year. And we're being kind of brought back down to reality, maybe by this weekend and going, well, hold on a second. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We're still in great position to win the league for the first time in 30 years, and that was the goal. So after that mini rant, Zach, do you think that having a little bit less of that in front of us, or at the very least, maybe not even in front of us, but a little bit less of that like in our ears from people uh, outside the club going, oh, man, they have a chance to be invincible or win the trip. Do you think having a little bit less of that will allow us to just focus in on that priority number one um, or even priority number two of continuing the Champions League uh, defense. But do you think that's going to allow us to focus up a little bit more? And if so, like, uh, do you have confidence that we will now focus up after this weekend? That's an interesting question, just because I wonder if like our thought process as fans about those kind of questions differs at all from the actual players uh on the team like they're quite good at sort of um 
touting the the standard line of like we're taking it one match at a time we're not thinking about invincibility we're not thinking about a treble or a double we're just kind of like going out there and doing our job match after match and they're quite consistent in the way they answer those questions and i honestly don't know if like if that's just true and that's how they view it and that's what klopp has instilled in this team is to think about these records and accomplishments in those terms, or if it, they actually are behind the scenes, they can't help but think about those things the way we think about them as fans. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a bit torn as how to answer um, whether this gives them focus and the ability to uh, sort of prioritize the things that are most important or whether or not they've they've kind of been doing that all along automatically just thanks to the discipline and the the culture that Jurgen Klopp has instilled um I think it'll certainly allow us to sort of um feel some safety and comfort in that narrative as a fan base uh but I almost would default to saying like week in and week out that's kind of how Liverpool Football Club operates is we've got a job to do we've got a match to take care of and that's what we're going to do and I don't know that the the way they view each match is really going to change that much at all at least with the way they're presenting it to us it does that make any sense at all what I just said okay no for sure for sure and when you started talking about that it reminded me of not long ago when a reporter tried to tried to ask Jurgen Klopp something about like the end of the season type of thing. I forget what exactly specifically it was, but he tried to ask something about to Jurgen Klopp about something like way down the line. And Jurgen looked at him and was like, Hey, look, you know, we're, we've got this match. We just finished. It's like, I'm going to, it's like, you guys have the luxury of looking way down the line towards these goals. It's like, I have to look at, the next opponent game planning for whoever was next. And he listed off like that weekend's opponent. Then he said, and after them, it's this. And he listed off like five opponents in a row. Um, and I remember looking at it and going, that's funny. Cause I can't remember like <laughs> what I have scheduled to do at work tomorrow. And you know, he's got the entire, that, you know, schedule memorized cause it's his job to know these things. But along with that, um, it was, I thought it was this interesting juxtaposition that he had between, um, being able to say, no, 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 my job is to get us prepared for the next opponent. And then the next one, and then the next one. It's this weird blend of one game at a time, but also preparing for everything all at once. So, yeah, I do wonder as well, like, where the team actually falls in f- terms of their mentality of, like, how down the line they have the luxury of looking how down the line they feel comfortable looking versus like just taking it one game at a time. I do wonder that. So I don't have any like, you know, witty response to anything you said. (laughs) I just basically echoed exactly what you were saying. So, all right, good job. Good job for me. Um, With that in mind though, uh, you know, Alex, one of the things that uh, Jurgen Klopp um, does stress a lot is uh he bases lineups a lot out of like who's been shining in practices and training um that week uh 
which, you know, then makes you wonder about some players returning from injury. If they came back too quickly, what did he see? Did he just feel the need to rotate? I don't know, all that sort of thing. Where do you think the, the priorities lie in terms of the lineups moving forward um, with some of the players that uh, are looking to be in bad form? Maybe some of the players that you feel like might need a little bit more of a run of uh, of play in order to get back into form. I don't know. Alex, when you look at the, the team as a whole right now and who is doing well and who's doing not well, what do you think the priorities are in terms of uh, – our lineups um, and who we should be seeing on the pitch to help kind of get things back under control. Does that make sense? I feel like that was a, a poorly worded question. I think I know what you mean. Okay. Um, Thank God. And, <laughs> uh, the answer is 48 to your question. So, uh, and then I'm going it's to 42. I'm kicking you off the podcast. You're out. No, of here. That wasn't the question you asked. Oh, dang. You okay. asked a very my different bad. question. Got him. Wow. Wow. My bad. I'll see myself Stupid. out. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, it has to be with getting our quote-unquote first 11 back into shape. And I know that Klopp has been outspoken before about, look, if any if the fitness team says this person is not good to play, then I won't play them, even if they're on the bench, which is probably why you're not seeing someone like Joel Matip come in because he's not ready or because he has such great coconut facts that he doesn't want him to leave the bench. So he can continue reading to him. Right. He's but, still reading that book. You know, he's still reading that book to this day. Yeah. And he has to be, but you see all Fabinho and Joe Gomez looking rusty and out of form. But and we, and we saw that stat before I'd let it go that this was the first time that our favorite 11 had played together all season and it didn't look great because there's still people coming back from injury. But the only way you can play your way back into form is like I just said, you have to play your way back into form. Yeah. You're not going to sit on the bench and come in and make uh, an impact. The only person who can really do that and is, and play his way back into form with five minute substitute appearances is Divock Origi. I was going to say Joe uh, but Allen, that... but uh, yeah, Divock too. <laughs> So that's that's got to be what it is, and it's got to kind of be getting back to fundamentals almost. Like let's just get back to doing what we were doing, and not uh, not I don't know taking it for granted almost. I mean, you see what happened when you took when the players left the environment of making sure that we did everything that we possibly could every day to make the next match our own, uh, and we can't think oh we're so far ahead i don't have to run that extra yard oh we're so far ahead i don't have to kind of buy into the patterns of play that we're wanting to go to because i want to shoot myself or something like that uh, <laughs> uh let me rephrase that because i want to take a <laughs> shot myself Not <laughs> thank you i was like man what point is he trying to make uh so hey, we can't take any of that for granted and we can't think that we're gonna turn up and win and because we're really good and because we're so far ahead and there's a lot of things that we need to be doing and we need to account for. I mean, there's been a lot of breakdowns of how teams have shut us down because they've prevented our fullbacks from getting the space and service that they want. And that is absolutely true. But also we are good enough to not have two players being shut down a little bit, completely throw us off our game. We should be able to bounce back from that. And even when people come in to fill in for those injured players, they, they, 
can interpret the role, not play it completely differently to how it functions. Because as we've said one billion times on this podcast, our midfield is really weird. And it is very much about the responsibility more than who is playing that position. And sure, there are people who do it differently, but we need the, the, the baseline to be covered first and foremost. And then you can have all the fun afterwards. But that stuff needs to be sorted out. And that will come with these players who are a bit rusty and working their way back in getting yelled at essentially for not pulling their weight. That's the simplest way to put it, but there's not really much room for understanding. Unfortunately, when we, a a bad run of form in three weeks could completely cost us our chance at a double that we deserve. I would say that was a very poorly focused answer. I mean, it, it was good. It, it kind of made me sad at the end of it. Uh, when you said that about, you know, deserving a double, we might lose. And that's, I mean, but, but it was good, I guess. Thanks, man. Hey, no problem. (laughs) Super Tuesday. (laughs) What a super Tuesday it is. Well, at this point we do want to, uh, I guess, look forward to Bournemouth a little bit and, and try to figure out how we can, uh, clean up things and everything before we look forward though, I actually want to look back for just a moment. Um, Standard Chartered put out a wonderful oh. ad <laughs> celebrating their their ten uh-huh. years of being our our kit sponsor. Uh, that it made me cry last night when I watched it. I woke up this morning and for some reason yep. decided to start my day by watching it <laughs> yeah. and it made me tear up again. Um, and it, it it's just super so Tuesday. good. But uh, soup Super Tuesday, everyone. <laughs> but uh, you know. Alex and Will and I sat down and discussed like the last decade, uh, last episode. And Zach, you weren't able to join us. So before we we move forward, I wanted to give you a quick moment to maybe share uh, maybe one or two of your favorite moments of the past decade or or I guess kind of your favorite moments of of the journey that we've been on as a club in the past 10 years. Um, five of those, as, as Alex and I uh pointed out we've been doing this podcast for i believe that's right i believe it's been a a clean five of them now um so i wanted to give you a moment zach before we uh wrap things up on the episode and get out of here to maybe share a little bit of your uh decade in review thoughts maybe some of the 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 moments you feel like revisiting a bit man uh i wasn't quite prepared for this but you've had 10 years to prepare (laughs) i think yeah there's Probably a, a few moments that uh, stand out to me. I think um, the first I would immediately think of, not necessarily a moment, but a series of moments, uh, just watching Luis Suarez uh, just continually put on a show uh, while wearing Liverpool red. Um, just, I, I think, to... I was sitting um, at, uh, strangely enough, one of my history professor's houses when I was in grad school. My mentor professor invited me over for a Saturday morning game because we bonded over soccer. And I remember sitting there in his living room drinking a cup of chai as Suarez uh, just did insane things, bypassing the entire Manchester United defense 
and then passing it in on basically shooting towards goal and Dirk Kaut like tapped it in. That was the first of his three goals that day. Uh, and I, I just remember thinking, wow, we've got, we've got a real player on our hands here in Luis Suarez. And then just watching him develop into, you know, one of the absolute best players in the world um, while at Liverpool and just, you know, you and I, Joseph, uh, planning an entire trip to the UK around the idea of seeing Absolutely. Liverpool play in Anfield and then <laughs> Sunderland <laughs> ruining that <laughs> by progressing through the FA Cup and having our match rescheduled. That's actually the main reason I have no love for the FA Cup as a competition and why I don't <laughs> yeah. care if Liverpool's in it or not. It's because it messed up our trip, man. It did. It did. But strangely enough, made us also Brighton fans. Huge <laughs> Three, Brighton fans. Yeah. Um, but that that was a fun time and a, and a good memory. That team, um, you know, SAS was special and we we came really close and then probably number one for me and and this would kind of be obvious but just uh us being able to share the experience of of liverpool winning the champions league last season and and kind of feeling the the journey we've had as fans and as as friends who you know joseph you and i have been friends since the age of like 15 since that like YMCA buddy ball league even, that we yeah, played on. Yeah, even earlier than correctly. that. Yeah, yeah. But sort of our our friendship as adults has um, sort of coalesced around being Liverpool fans. But then, you know, Alex and Andrew, I, I essentially know because of, of Liverpool and, and then all of us uh, as a unit, uh, as, a, as a crew – being able to experience sort of the the highest of highs uh, with Liverpool winning the Champions League, it it was special. Uh, even more so after me getting very very drunk and belligerent <laughs> while losing the Champions League <laughs> final <laughs> the year before. <laughs> Both of those are are highlights for me. I don't understand. Yeah. 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 Um, it, it, you know, we, we've had some good times and, uh, yeah, th- there's, I don't know. I, I think being a Liverpool fan and, and knowing the people I do and, and having the, the bonding in the way that I've, I've bonded with people over this club. Uh, it's, it's really, it's special. Uh, and I'm not trying to sound cheesy. I have a problem with sounding sarcastic when I don't mean to be, but <laughs> it's really like an important part of my life and something that gives me great joy. And I'm really thankful for this club and, uh, and the many memories it's given me over the years. Damn. That was well said for a man that got put (laughs) on the spot. My goodness. Do we even have to talk about Bournemouth now? Can we just end things? I mean, I don't feel like we don't have to say anything. I don't want to, I don't want to say anything else. There's nothing else to say that <laughs> me trying to say anything else now is the equivalent of like watching that entire beautiful minute and a half long standard charter ad. And then it ends with like a fart noise like that. <laughs> Be like, what was the point of that? The Bloomberg ad. Yeah. <laughs> Super Tuesday. We're going to get it done. Oh, goodness. I'll tell you what, guys. Uh, 
instead of talking in detail about it, let's just do a quick score prediction and whether you feel confident in us uh, writing things this weekend, Saturday morning, the early kickoff time against Bournemouth. Alex, what you got? Uh, I'm predicting some great friendship and some great times to be had by <laughs> don't, all. Don't piggyback <laughs> off Zach. Don't I don't know to what to say. Um, okay. Uh, Bournemouth suck. And while we have been <laughs> sucking, they suck more than we do. So this match is going to end 4-3 uh, with Ooh. Aaron Ramsdale spilling the ball and Nathan Ake Tabet in direct <laughs> parallel poetry to that horrible, horrible game several years ago. <laughs> wow. What a deep dive you just took there. All right. Good. Good. Zach, give us a scoreline and tell us how confident you're feeling. Uh, first, tell me, is this match at Anfield or on the South Coast? It's at Anfield. Oh, okay. That's good to know. 2-0 uh, to the Reds. All right. There we go. So feeling fairly confident, it sounds like. I think we're going to recover. I yeah. think so. Yeah, I, I don't have much worry in us recovering. Um, and I think that after the weekend that we've had, uh, this seems to be a type of team that um, will not take terribly long to to kind of get it going again. And what this is a team that has so far this season when things haven't gone super well for a period of time, the moment a little bit does, they tend to take that and run with it. You know, we've seen it on a match to match basis. And we've seen it in some other runs in which we've had a match in which we haven't looked super good. And so the next match, they're like, no, no, no. Now we're going to beat this team, you know, four or five nil, something like that. So, um, so yeah, I feel pretty confident in it. Um, I turn uh, 32 on Saturday. So I'm going to predict that we win three to two. <laughs> hey. hey, hey, hey. I love it. I love it. Uh, as we wrap up this episode, we do want to, um, give a special shout out of course to the man that is always there for us to end the episodes episodes end the episode yeah end the episodes for us to sign us off mr andrew ainsworth andrew of course a resident of nashville tennessee uh which was just hit by some terrible tornadoes um andrew is safe he is fine um he somehow slept through a lot of the storms because <laughs> he was sick and on medication that knocked him out um but he is fine as far as i understand he even like has power and is hosting some yeah. friends that are without power so not only is he doing well he's also doing good by hosting his friends um who need some help so uh anyone who's listening uh andrew's fine he's good to go he couldn't join us on this episode because he was uh being a host to people that needed it um and so shout out to him and uh as always hey we'll turn it over to him right now andrew why don't you sign us out <laughs> that's it it's a dumb joke i mean i do want to uh, i want to acknowledge <laughs> like the three of us the first we knew that something was wrong was will sending a text I don't know, between 2 and 3 a.m. Yeah, it was like 3.30. To, yeah. to Andrew, hey, are you okay? And Andrew responding <laughs> a little while later, yeah, I slept through it. <laughs> and then I woke up to that thinking, what the hell? No, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. I looked up what happened in Nashville. Then I watched the Standard Chartered commercial. And that's how my day started. You know, it was a weird one. Yeah, a weird one. agreed. Agreed. Yeah, Super Tuesday. All right. Thanks for Thursday. Tuesday. 
Yep. What a great Friday this has been. Thank you guys for tuning into this episode of You'll Never Talk Alone. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'm your friend Joseph Craven. That's Alex. That's Zach. Shout out to Will and Andrew for looking after each other at like 3 a.m. <laughs> what was Will doing awake? That's what I want to know. That's why the was, question. Why that's... was Will <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on You Never Talk Alone. Hopefully with a whole lot more positive stuff to discuss. Go to sleep, Will. <laughs> Will, just go to sleep. <laughs>